0: welcome to the keep growing at uf podcast i'm Kara, and i'm brandon we are trainers on the uf hr training and organizational development team training and organizational development has identified key skills that faculty and staff can develop as individuals and as leaders the keep growing podcast will present some of our team's trainings in an audio format so that you can listen and learn at your convenience our return to work isn't a return to normal There are new safety regulations that impact our mental load and this podcast is designed to help you understand this new burden and provide strategies to set you up for success. This webinar was originally presented by me, Kara White, on August 6th, 2020. So welcome to Managing the Mental Load of Returning to Work. I'm excited to talk to you guys today about some of the burdens that come with this like return to campus during our pandemic. Uh, in the description of this class, I kind of described that this return to work that we keep hearing and seeing isn't really a return to normal, because now we have a couple of new regulations that we've kind of got to get used to while we're in the office. And I don't know about you guys, but our team is only, we're only half in, so only half of us are here. So are trying to get used to some of those things um, and and building a new routine is is weird especially when you're in a place that you're used to being and you feel like uh it should just be back to normal again it's it's not it's not quite the same we've been in the office now for about a month it's been about yeah almost five weeks and we do two days in the office and work three days from home and and it, it's, it's just weird. Um, like I said, only half the team is here at a time. And so there are some people that I don't even overlap with at all. So I still only engage with um, online. And it's and it's, it's, just, it's just a little different. And I thought we could talk a little bit about what is kind of going on and why some of those things are, are a little harder to adjust to. Maybe understand a little bit more about how memory works and how our brains kind of process information. And then hopefully send you off with some tools to be ready to, to, to face some of those things that might come up. Uh, so kind of two goals there today, understand what's happening with our brains and why things don't feel normal and uh, what we can do about it. All right, so first things first, we're gonna start with an activity. And I'm going to give you a list of groceries and I wanna see if you can remember them without writing them down. Now, it's very important that you don't write them down, but that ruins the whole purpose of the activity. And I can't tell if you're writing them down or not, but I, I trust that you're not writing them down. I just want you to try remembering these five grocery items as best as you can. Okay, I'll read through the list twice and then and then we'll see how you guys do remembering five five groceries, okay? Red apples, broccolini, coffee beans, toilet paper, and garlic. Okay, one more time. Red apples, broccolini, coffee beans. Toilet paper and garlic. All right. Let me give you guys a few minutes, moments to let that stew. So, now if you want to try to write them down or just try to lift them off really quick um, in your head. I want you to count how many, I'm going to show the list and I want you to count how many you got right and then throw it in the chat how many out of five you got correct, all right? So our five items were red apple, broccolini, coffee beans, toilet paper and garlic. So how'd you guys do? Four, five, three, two, one, how'd we do? All right, okay. Yes, okay, great. Looks like four to five. That's that's the pretty common answer is is four to five. And that's great. It means you guys have pretty average working memories. Okay, and that's a term we're gonna use today, the working memory, and I'll get more into what that means. Okay, so let's try it again. And I'm gonna make it a little harder, okay? I'm gonna give you seven, and I wanna see how many of the seven you can remember. Okay, um, I'm going to read the list twice again. Don't write them down. That's cheating, um, but I'm going to read I'm going to read them twice okay? Pineapple, honey, pumpkin pie, garbanzo beans, butter, bananas, and lettuce One more time, pineapple, honey, pumpkin pie, garbanzo beans, butter, bananas, and lettuce. All right, I also wanted to take this opportunity today to go over some of what these new guidelines are, these new expectations for when you come to work. Uh, I don't know how many of you are back in the office yet, or if you have a plan to be back in the office, um, or, or what that looks like for your teams. But when the time comes that you're back uh, in your, your office, these are the expectations. We, HR has, has published this, that we expect every team member to maintain a six foot distance of much as possible wherever possible. I know some people have had to rearrange desks and things to accommodate for this. Um, We were in good shape because we have full um, cubicles but like six foot high cubicles but some people have had to work around that because they have the shorter cubicles and things like that so we need to be careful and use six foot distancing. When you're away from your workspace you need to be wearing a mask. Um, Maybe you have A cool one like we do, uh, a UF one, that kinda makes you look like a bird, but uh, when you get up from the desk, when you use the bathroom, when you fill up your mug with water, you need to be wearing a mask. Also, wash hands frequently. There are signs all over our bathroom that say at least 20 seconds, at least 20 seconds. There are also bottles bottles of hand sanitizer everywhere we go. We need to be washing and, and sanitizing frequently. And then last we we need to stay home when we're sick even if we're we're not sick we know it's allergies if it sounds or looks sick there's no way of our team members really knowing for sure and there's no way that you know for sure without a test so so even if you think you might be kind of sick you you need to stay home Uh, we've been approved on our team to continue working from home if it's the day that we're supposed to come into the office if we feel sick we can continue working from home so um, just may want to check with your teams and what policies are for your teams, but stay home if you're sick. All right, so how did you do? I want you to try to remember those seven items that I gave you earlier, and now I know I've added some things to your mental load since we did those seven items, but why don't you take a minute and try right now and tell me how many you got this time out of the seven, do you think, okay? Pineapple, honey, pumpkin pie, garbanzo beans, butter, bananas, lettuce. How many did you write? Wow, you guys have robust working memories. Tell me at least that it was harder. Was it at least harder to remember the seven? (laughs) I feel like I remembered like four of them. Right, okay, so why was it harder? Not only did I give you seven more, I added more things for you to remember, right? I, I talked about new policies that you're gonna have to observe when you come back into work. So I threw more things to your, your working memory to be processing at the same time. And I did that on purpose. And I'm sorry if it feels like I set you up for failure, but, but that's not terribly different from, from what work kind of feels like now that we're back in, like when we're back in the office, I have to remember to grab my mask before I leave my desk. I have to remember my team member was telling me the other day she locked herself out of the building because she forgot to grab her, her badge because at home when she was working from home, she never needed her badge. She never had to worry about that. Um, I have to remember to pack a lunch before I come to work now, and I didn't when I was working from home. All of these things, there are more things pressing on my working memory than there were before. So I keep saying working memory, and let me, let me kind of explain what I mean by that. Uh, working memory is often mistaken for short-term memory, and it's, it's actually a different thing. So working memory is, is the current processing power. If you're familiar with a computer, there's like um, RAM, and then there's uh, like your hard drive storage, your memory storage. The RAM is like the current processing power. It's how much it can do at once. That's, that's the idea that our working memory is. It's, it's what you're dealing with and sorting through right now. The average person can handle about, they say five to seven. I actually have heard recently that it's it's four and not more than that, but I see different information saying about four to seven pieces of unique information can be stored in your memory at one time. Your working memory, sorry, at one time. Uh, the information sits in your working memory, that's where it starts, and then your brain kind of works with it, wrestles with it, and processes it translates it to your short-term memory, which, you know, holds things for a couple weeks, couple months, and then if you're lucky, it'll kick to your long-term memory, you'll remember forever, and otherwise it it, it drops off, right? If you've seen Inside Out, there's a scene where they're, like, going through <laughs> the long-term memory and sucking out memories with a vacuum, um, really funny interpretation of how the brain works, but but it's not it's not far off, so... So that's what I'm saying when I'm talking about working memory and I like to think of working memory as as shelves I have I have five shelves in my brain that can handle a piece of information at a time Um, so when I gave you guys five pieces of information each one sat on a unique shelf I think I saw Ryan said he did some mental chunking so maybe he was able to put a couple of these items on one shelf instead of each unique item on its own shelf. Um, but generally speaking, we put one item on one shelf. Right. So let's, let's go through a hypothetical of what a grocery trip, knowing you need these five items would look like um, now that we have COVID, right? Now that we are in a pandemic and we have to take more precautions. So you take a look in your fridge and you make a list. Um, And before, you know, five items wasn't a big deal. So you say, okay, I just need to grab some pineapple, honey, pumpkin pie, garbanzo beans and butter. I have no idea what you are making that requires those five ingredients, but we're just gonna pretend that that's what it was. Uh, So you head to your car and you realize, oh, I forgot my mask, I've gotta run back and grab my mask. Okay, then you get in your car, you drive to the place, you get out and you look for a cart and you realize, oh, when was the last time I washed my hands? I don't wanna be spreading things onto this now shared surface. So you grab your hand sanitizer, you sanitize and you start pushing the cart through the store. Um, And while you're pushing your cart through the store, you're thinking, oh, don't touch your face, don't touch your face, don't touch your face, don't touch your face. And then you start sniffling like I just did. Oh my gosh, is this allergies or is it COVID? And now, you're at a store and you're trying to buy a grocery and all you can remember is butter, right? So clearly, this is a gross oversimplification of how the working memory actually works, but I like this visual because it gives me an idea of how, how much my shelves can hold and how much I'm asking them to do. Am I asking my brain to do more than um, it's fair to ask of it? Uh, and what can I do to ease, ease the burden on these shelves, okay? This can easily be, uh, like, compared to something that we do at work, right? Say we sit down, we check our email, and there are, like, five items on our email, like, to-do list. So we check our email, and we know we have five items that we need to do. But before we do that, I'm going to run and grab a drink of water. Um, As you run to grab your drink of water, you've got to grab your mask. You get to the water fountain, you fill up your water. On your way back you run into a colleague so you kind of do the weird six foot shuffle dance and you have to say oh sorry remember six foot distancing and you have to do that and as they pass you they say hey oh did you have a chance to read um that report that i sent you any chance we could have that later today and you're like oh yeah absolutely and by the time you get back to your desk the only thing that you remember is oh my colleague just asked me for my report And now those five things that you said you were going to do before you got up to get a drink have left your mind and they're no longer in your working memory and, and you don't think about it again. Okay, so, so what does this mean? Now that I I have kind of explained, like, here's, here's what your working memory looks like and here's the new burdens that we've put on this working memory. What, what, what does that mean? It could mean uh, that we're forgetting things that we usually remember. We aren't aren't as as on top of it as we used to be. We are requiring more reminders than we needed before, um, which can be really frustrating for us uh, and for the people who are doing the reminding. We may notice that small and simple tasks have started to fall through the cracks a little bit more. And um, there are things that that are taking longer than they usually do. Well, even even working from home, maybe, things are taking longer in the office than they did at home, or they're taking longer at home than they did in the office. Um, and, and that can be a really, really frustrating experience, especially if it's you know something that you've been able to do well and efficiently before, to see those things start to slow down and start falling through the cracks. So basically what this means is that our memory, our working memory, is, is working at a little bit of a decreased capacity. And honestly, that's, that's not an accurate statement. Our, our working memory is working at its normal capacity. There's just more that's being put on it. So our space to do our jobs and, and maintain our home lives and our private lives, that's getting impacted by these new things that are constantly in our working memory. Let me see if I can break that down a little bit with a visual. So this is this is kind of a, a simplification again of how the brain works. Obviously, I am not a neuroscientist and I will never claim to be. But um, this, this is a, a very elementary uh, look into what memory looks like. So the first stage is is that stimulus or the sensory input. So at any given moment, your are body is giving your brain information about the situ- your situation, of where you are, what you can feel, what you can hear, what you can see, what you can taste, what you can smell, all of those things are just data that your brain is receiving, but your working memory has filtered through to identify what is really important, right? What's the most important thing? Working memory prioritizes urgent and important matters, okay? Once it sits in your working memory for a little while, your brain either recognizes that it's important and we need to store it in the short term, or, you know, we're done, kicks it out, we don't need that anymore. So, our brain kind of filter, they act as like this, I filter, I try to, try to do like a funnel from all the information we can always process at any time to stuff that we actually need to know and remember. So, that's, that's kind of what this This looks like so. So what do we do about it now that we know that there's an increased burden on our working memory and we kind of understand how that's all how that's all shaking out what what can we do about it. And I will admit there are kind of two camps that we could go into there's there's the one camp that's like, how do we improve our working memory capacity and and, and build that up and make that more robust. And then there's, what can we do to work and schedule our lives around just the present burden and, and kind of give ourselves some strategies on working with what we do have. And we're gonna focus on the latter part. We're gonna talk about working with what we do have. There are a lot of strategies that people have implemented and developed over time to increase your working memory capacity, um, but they are, um, quite an investment of time. Uh, you you can look them up, though. There are so many. Um, they're like memory athletes that compete in these these tournaments. They memorize like a deck of cards, um, the digits of pie. There's there's tons of stuff that they're doing and they are actively working on increasing their working memory and totally something you can do. But it, it is an investment of time and it takes a while to be able to apply. That, that second camp of working with what we have is a little bit more actionable today, something we can do right now. So that's where we're going to focus today, all right? And we're going to focus on setting ourselves up for success with this kind of decreased capacity in, in two areas, how we can decrease the input of what we're putting into our working memory, what we are expecting our working memory to be able to do. And then we're going to talk about how planning ahead can also help us. Uh, manage that mental load all right before i jump into that i just wanted to open up does anyone have any questions on anything i know i i kind of just gave you a lot of information what do you guys think any questions Excellent. Um, great. So let's start with decreased input. How do we decrease what we're putting into our brains a little bit? And I've just got a couple of strategies that can help us do this. I hope that you can find them. I, there are gonna be quite a few, so maybe not all of them work for you, but maybe something will, will resonate and it's something you can apply. So the first thing that I want to talk about today is the one touch system. And I have to tell you, this one has has made a big impact for me. Um, It's just this idea if it's going to take 15 minutes or less or, yeah, or fewer, um, just do it as soon as it comes across your lap. Um, If it's a question that comes up in an email, I traditionally would um, filter through my emails. And if it required any, if it just required a response, I would respond. But if it required any sort of like, follow up action, or I needed to look something up, I would mark it and come back to it um, a little later, when I have that time blocked off in my day. But I've started to just if it's going to take 15 minutes or less, I just do it as soon as it's there. Uh, it takes me longer to get through my emails, But it leaves less for me to try to remember to do later. So uh, same thing if someone sends you a chat or someone um, on your way back from the water cooler is like, hey, did you get that thing? If you're like, oh, it's only going to take me two minutes, just, just crank it out if you can. All right. One touch. Touch it one time. Don't try to come back to it. Okay. My next tip is to write it down. And I know this seems simple and silly, but uh, just write it down. Don't burden your, your brain with stuff that doesn't need to be there. Just just write it, write it down. Um, this can be a hard habit to develop if you're used to being able to kind of remember things without having to write them down. But um, like I said, with a decreased capacity right now you may be forgetting things that you normally do remember so so give yourself the best shot and write it down and then make it a habit to consult that list as i was kind of pitching this webinar idea to my my supervisor uh dr Parks, i i brought up this slide and he said oh my gosh yes 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 i can't even tell you how many times a leader gets promoted and starts dropping balls you know he's got so many balls in the air that he's trying to juggle that he'll start dropping them uh and they'll say you know i don't have to write i've never had to write things down before and and bob dr parks is like yeah you've you've got more you're juggling now so you're gonna have to start writing things down so so don't let you know your used tos and and how used to be stop you from succeeding because you're not just gonna write it down Um, The other piece of that is, like I said, to make sure that you're checking the list that you wrote down. Um, If you're just writing it down and then you never look at that, it, uh, it does, like, the action of actually writing it down does increase your likelihood of remembering it, but it also needs to be part of the process that at the end of the day, you just check your list and make sure that you did everything you needed to or scheduled time for it to get done. I have a um, a person I follow in, in the business entrepreneurship world, her name's Tiffany Dufu. She wrote a book where she suggested that, um, she doesn't write things down on paper. She schedules it onto her calendar. She automatically schedules it. So, um, I don't know how that works for like little tasks, um, like little things that are only going to take five minutes. Um, but then she has a realistic expectation of what her day is going to look like in advance and she can say no if she doesn't have the capacity because it's already it's already blocked out which i think is really wise maybe try that i should try that all right so the next strategy i wanted to share with you guys is a little more conceptual and you might have to kind of go with me on this one but You can, you can Google this if you don't believe me that this is a real thing, but in, in the business world, there's this kind of phrase, don't take the monkey and, and the monkey is kind of a Like a tangible object that's meant to symbolize the ownership of a task. So they, they talk about having a monkey on your back. And when someone comes to you and says, Hey, I've got this problem you have the opportunity to let them keep the monkey and help them solve it or you take the monkey from them and relieve the burden of of completing the task. Um, Relieve them of that burden but then you take it on yourself. So my advice is to, to not take that monkey and there are a couple of ways you could do that and here are just a couple of phrases that can help you do that. If If someone comes up to you in the hallway or something and they say, hey, I was actually wondering if you could do this thing for me or on a call or something, um, a way that you cannot take the monkey in that moment is to say, hey, could you send me an email with those details? Then it's somewhere where you know you'll be able to go back to it later and you don't have to try to remember it right then, okay? Don't take the monkey. I mean, eventually you might have to take the monkey in that situation, but you don't have to put it on you right there. Set yourself up for success and not having to try to remember that later. Okay, another tool you can use is to say, you know, my plate's actually pretty full this week. Can we, can we touch base next week, right? Or even schedule it on the calendar. Could we schedule some time next Tuesday to go through that more? Then you don't have to take the monkey that week, that day. You can kind of look at it and discuss who actually really should be, taking the monkey and making sure that you're not taking on more than you need to. Uh, the last is um, is simply asking them how urgent the request is. I I have found this to be helpful because I get a lot of things that um, that I think are urgent. Like uh, a lot of people ask me for help with, you know, some Zoom troubleshooting things and stuff like that. and. I get it in my head that I have to do it right then, right when they asked, uh, only to find out later that they were planning for something three weeks down the road. So it's very uh, fair and fine to say, you know, I would love to help you with that. How urgent is this request? And if they say, it's really urgent, we need to to do it right now, then you're able to kind of adapt and and work around that expectation. Or if you find out it's not urgent and, and you can touch base on it, in a couple weeks do that and schedule time with that person to touch base and make sure that that happens okay any questions on the monkey I know that's kind of like a an interesting concept but I I like the visual that it gives of like handing someone a monkey (laughs) I think that's a little silly Um, but I, I don't know it helps me All right, so my last little tip for decreasing uh, input into our working memory is to group like tasks. So um, Ryan, it was Ryan who said he did some mental chunking. This is, this is that idea, is chunking together uh, tasks that are pretty similar and doing those at the same time. And so my husband, every day before he leaves our house, he has this like little routine where he checks his pockets and he goes, phone keys t wallets donkey wallet. And you know in like a traditional sense on a list like that's three separate items but in his mind that has now become one action, one check that he does before he leaves the house. Uh, it's just one thing he has to remember Fol's uh, wallet and if you know he's doing his, his pad down and he feels that there's a, a gap in one of his pockets, he knows he's missing one of those things. So he never forgets his phoneky wallet um, I do because I don't have pockets so or at least pockets that aren't going to fit all of those things um but something i did notice when i started working here i often forgot my lanyard and i need this card to get into my building so um i had to start hanging my lanyard with my keys because i can't leave my house without my keys and now my lanyard it's 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 one action that i have two items but one action so try to find ways that you can do that throughout your work day Um, or I mean in your personal life too like remembering your keys Um, but I work a lot in the my training system and I try to do all the tasks I need to do for the day in the my training system at once so um, after this class I'm going to pull my roster from yesterday's class and make sure that uh, it gets processed I'm going to process the roster from this class uh, and then I'm going to check my my roster for next week to make sure Uh, that I have everything I need in place for my class that I'm teaching next, or it's not next week, it's in two weeks, Um, but just do it all in once while I'm in my training. Um, You can do similar things. Um, I don't, I don't know what programs you use, but try, try to, to clump those objects together so, you know, while you're in it, you're thinking about it, and you can do that, and then you, you can kind of move on with the day. Alright, so that's, that's everything I have for decreasing input. Um, does that all kind of make sense? We, we're asking a brain, a lot of our brains right now and our brains are so good to us. Uh, but we need to be fair and to set ourselves up as best we can. Let's, let's do what we can to, to kind of decrease the impact on our mental world right now. So now we're going to move into planning ahead. And I'll be the first to admit, I am not the best planner aheader. Uh, I like to think I'm fairly organized and that I do, I get uh, work, I I do good work, I get good work done, and I think I have good organization structures in place. But for some reason, just planning ahead is is a struggle for me. Uh, Meal planning, I have never been able to successfully, consistently plan my meals. I say it all the time, how wonderful it would be if my meals were already planned because then I wouldn't have to decide every day. But for some reason it just, I can't get into a good swing of it. But, but I'm working on it and I'm trying and, and it's definitely helping, especially right now. So while we talk about planning ahead, I wanna give you guys this little mantra that I've kind of adopted for myself. And it's I, I saw it somewhere, I think I saw it on Reddit. So I don't know who to credit it to. And I apologize for that, but I really like to say, Do your future self a favor, right? You don't really, you're not really in the mood to do it right now, but if you do it right now, future Kara is gonna say, hey, thanks past Kara. This was really helpful, okay? I know that's silly. I actually do very consciously say, hey, thanks past Kara for switching the laundry last night. That would have been really annoying to wake up this morning and not have my laundry switched over, right? So do your future self a favor. And my first step in this plan ahead is automate what you can. Automate whatever you can. And when I say automate, I don't necessarily mean like create in the system, something that will automatically respond to your emails for you or a macro in Excel that will automatically program your reports for you. If you can do those things, absolutely do those things. But when I say automate, I am really talking more about the principle that comes from the book, Automatic Millionaire. I don't know if you guys have read that. It's a really great read, but they talk about the importance of making a decision one time and then building the routine around that decision. So their example is automating your um, like your 401k withholding. You only made the decision once that you're gonna take out this much money from each paycheck to go into your 401k, and then it, and then it's happening. So how can you kind of take that principle into your life right now? So a decision I've made that I've tried to make automatic in our house. Um, my daughter comes home from school every day and she has a backpack that has sheets and a blanket that I have to wash and often an outfit. Um, again, she's two, so she spills a lot. So there's often an outfit I have to wash. Before COVID, um, we would take in a set of blankets for the week. But now we have to bring them home every day. So I've tried to make it automatic that every day when we get home from school, I take out her sheet and blanket from her backpack, throw them in the washer and put in clean ones for the next day. It's just an automatic routine I'm trying to get into the habit of uh, to make our mornings go smoother and to have to make fewer decisions throughout the day. I try to let my daughter make as many decisions as she can, but having her decide if she wants the monkey blanket or the llama blanket every morning is not a fight that I really want to have right now. So so try to find those places where you can make the decision once and make it automatic. Make the decision that every morning when you check your email, you're going to spend an hour to make sure everything in your email is cleaned up. Um, Maybe you find you don't need a full hour every morning but once you have it on your schedule and that becomes a habit, it gets a little easier. Okay, so look for places where you can make the decision one time and and build your routine around that. Are you guys familiar with the term decision fatigue? I was doing a little bit of research about that recently because I feel like, um, yeah, like I'm making a lot of decisions. Like I said, like even just those little ones, llamas or monkeys, Uh, what should we make for dinner, Um, those sorts of things, those build up. So the decision fatigue is this idea that uh, they use it a lot in marketing, Uh, but if you're faced with too many decisions to make, you start making worse decisions. So um, like Walmart versus Sam's Club. At Sam's Club, they have like the name brand dish detergent and the Walmart or the Sam's Club brand, and those are kind of your two options. At Walmart, you have like 17 options of dish detergent. Um, Sam's Club, you just you, you just have to pick one of two. And at Walmart, it can be overwhelming to try to pick one of the 17. So that kind of idea of decision fatigue. And, and the more decisions we have to make every day, the there's research that suggests the less good our decisions become and our ability to make uh, good and fair decisions decreases our, our capacity to do so so try to find places where you don't have to make as many decisions uh plan your meals make the decision once at the beginning of the week what you're going to eat instead of having to decide every morning every lunch and every dinner what you're going to eat and, and and build your routine around that all right so my next one that i wanted to share is um maybe a little, now that I'm reading it a little darker than I intended for it to come off, but this idea of prepare for the worst case scenario and maybe not like the absolute worst case scenario, but but look for the things that could go wrong. What could go wrong in your new routine? Um, considering those things that I've that i mentioned today, you know, uh, when you worked from home, you didn't have to think about lunch because your lunch was in your fridge. Uh, whether or not it was made yet, it, it didn't really matter because you were home. Um, remembering to start carrying your ID badge again, um, plans to, to wear a mask. What, what can you do to prepare yourself for these things that could go wrong? So if you're not used to planning for lunch every day, maybe you start building a routine where you pack your lunch at night. Uh, maybe you spend a little time looking at your budget to let you, um, if you have days that you forget your lunch, you can, you can order some food and it works out. Um, or, uh, maybe you stock up on some granola bars for your desk, something like that, that'll allow you some flexibility that if you, if you forget, or if things didn't go the way you planned that morning, you're still able to eat that day. Uh, what can you do to make sure you're carrying your AD badge? Um, I have to, I actually just wear mine all day around my neck, unless I'm training because it loud. Um, but otherwise... If I run down to the front desk to grab something, I can't get back to my, my desk without my badge. Um, if I run out to my car, I, I need it. So I wear my lanyard and I just wear it every day. Uh, and then for the masks, I have like six just at my desk, just in case. Um, yeah, just, just in case. Those are the disposable ones. I don't have like six nice fancy masks, but just, just in case. So take take a look. What could be things that could go wrong? Um, do you have to develop a new morning routine? Do things look a little like do you have kids at home um, and their morning routines looking a little different as we head into the fall? Do you have uh, a different commute than you did before? Um, I know some road construction projects have started since quarantine, so maybe that can interrupt your day. Just take some time to think about um, like what the worst possible first day back in the office could look like and make some plans to kind of go around it. So I, like I said, that sounded a little more dramatic than I meant to, but, but think about the things that could go wrong and build and fail. Okay. All right. So the next one is to set goals. Um, maybe you are a pretty independent and motivated worker and you didn't really need to set tangible goals to get your work done but now um, with so much taking your mental energy it can be hard to find that motivation to to do work Um, I know that I've definitely experienced that and by setting goals with weekly and monthly goals specifically um, I've been able to even on the days that I'm really not feeling any motivation at all I've been able to muster something to contribute to those goals It may not be as much as it would have been pre-quarantine, and maybe it wouldn't be as much as it could have been on another day even during quarantine when I'm feeling more motivated, but it was something that contributed to what I wanted to accomplish that week. And I sit down with my supervisor, Dr. Parks, every week. We have a meeting every Tuesday morning to go through my goals for the week. And we look at what I tried to accomplish last week, and and he he says, you know, what's what's the status here? And I'll say, you know, I didn't accomplish that goal, but I was able to move it this far forward. Um, and and even just knowing that I'm gonna have to report it to him, let me tell you that that's that can be the king of pants I need some days to get things done. Um, maybe maybe your supervisor isn't the best accountability partner. Um, for one reason or another. And maybe it makes more sense that you have a coworker, a team member, or a partner uh, become your accountability partner. Uh, Yeah, accountability partner. However you wanna do that, however that looks for you, find someone that can hold you accountable and and hold yourself accountable because that that makes all the difference in in setting goals. Oh, oh, it is not micromanaging at all, I promise. Um, there's a, a comment in the chat saying that it sounds like it's micromanaging. It actually made all the difference for me when we started working remotely um, because I really didn't get a lot of contact with humans. Um, and I, I'm really social and I really thrive on that. And it really has helped um, keep me focused on our department goals and our team goals and making sure that I'm getting things done that way. I think for sure, um, if if I felt like it was micromanaging, I feel like I could tell him that, but I definitely haven't felt that way. Um, yeah, weekly, great. Now for the daily report, that might be a different, might be a little different story. All right, uh, so my last thing and my last thought that I just wanted to share um, as we're getting to the I guess, 46 minute mark, the big takeaway that I want you to have from this, this webinar is to be patient, kind and courteous with first and foremost, with yourself. Um, you are, you're in a situation where you are learning and, and having to adapt to new things that none of us really expected. Uh, even, even four or five months ago when, when they sent us home for the quarantine, I don't think any of us really could have anticipated or expected for it to go this long. Um, that we'd have to be making all of these adjustments for such a long-term at home and then try to have to make the adjustments again to come back. Like, I don't think any of us expected um, the situation we're in now to have been as long and as heavy as it has been. So be patient and kind and courteous with yourself uh, first and foremost, but then also with your colleagues. Um, If if someone's taking a little more reminding than they used to, just remember that we we all are um, in one way or another, and uh, these new pressures affect all of us differently. So let's let's work with each other and not against each other as we as we try to adjust to the new normal, whatever whatever the new normal is. I wish I could tell you. All right, so on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. Um, I know it's. Uh, a little i said i said 45 minutes there was 47 so i apologize i went a little bit longer um but i do i just want to plug our keep growing please keep coming back for these webinars we really enjoy putting them together um and we're adding new ones every week so i think we've got four more coming up in august i have two uh coming up i have one in two weeks on engaging with a virtual audience so if you want a little more information on how to make the most uh, Communicating with people through a webcam. Um, I'll share you with some of. I'll share with you some of the things that I've learned. I'm working with my colleague Irma Alvarez. So if you've attended any of her classes, you know how wonderful she is. Uh, she'll also be sharing some of her her insight there. So please sign up for that. And then I have one coming up at the end of the month as well with Brandon Telg, another co- uh, colleague of mine, on setting up for for long term success. So. So please keep checking back keep growing uh let me know if uh there's anything that you want to hear specifically more about if there's a topic that you feel like you could use right now we are super into that and we are so excited to address those needs when we hear about them so please let us know what you need and uh and we're happy to do that uh last note if you want like just a list of all of those ideas that I, I shared in this PowerPoint, just send me an email and I'll, I'll shoot that list over to you just like in bullet, port, bullet point form so you can use that as a reference. So thank you again all for your time today. I really, I, I loved spending this time with you and I hope that you found it helpful. Um, and I hope you have a great day. a uh, Great day and a great rest of the week. And we'll, we'll see you next time.